Hello and welcome to According to John. Today I'm with the Duke Meister and we got some good stuff for you today. We're going to answer the question. Can I, can I get to heaven by being good? That's a big one, man. And here's the other question. How good is good enough? Perfection. And we fall way short of that. Come on. Some of us fall shorter than the rest. <laughs> right. Hello and welcome to According to John. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my guest. He is special in more than one way. But he, uh, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. Uh, again, thank you, man. We're going to make this. We're just going to make it happen. I'm telling you because people love you. Well, I don't know why people are not all that smart either, you know, so I don't know why, but they love you. Uh, and, uh, and so today we, uh, Duke and I, we were talking, um, and we realized that one of the big questions people have is how good, how good do I have to be to get to heaven? And, and that's what we're going to talk about. How good is good enough? And, uh, and, and what does it take to get there. So brother, if you'll open us in a word of prayer, we'll get started. Yes, sir. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we asked uh, your spirit to fill us and to be a blessing, to give insight uh, to people who tune us in and uh, it might bring them some joy, uh, lift our spirit a little bit, get us our minds off of what's happening in the news and, uh, and on our, our minds on what is the real news, uh, the word of God, uh, the promises of your soon return. So Lord, make this a profitable time. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Um, the question is, uh, uh, um, good works, uh, being good, uh, earning salvation and, and, uh, and, or, or is there more to getting to heaven? When I think of that topic, I think, uh, back in my <laughs> early part of the journey and, 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 uh, the launch, you know, about heaven, I, I wasn't sure there even was a heaven, but man, if there is, sign me up. Right. And if, of course, you're going to think about heaven, you know, if there's an up, there's a down. If there's an in, there's an out. A, a good and an evil. I mean, we, we clearly see the contrasting uh, of one another, like you just said, up, down, good, evil, right, wrong, uh, a truth, lies. Right I mean, side of history, wrong side of history. I mean, you don't want to be wrong on this one. This is the big right. one. Right. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember it just seemed like there had to be a heaven. You know, Grandma had to be there, and, and turns out she did know Jesus and had that testimony and prayed for us. But uh, you know, it was the Word of God that really showed me and it became clear to me that heaven wasn't just a dream that right. that I had and would like to go there someday if there is a heaven. But uh, boy, yeah, this is this is what it's all about. You you can be wrong on a whole lot of stuff. But don't be wrong on this one. You know, when when you ask people, uh, do you believe in God? Eh. Or do you believe in Jesus? Even bigger yet, do you believe in Jesus? Uh, well, come on, now you're pushing it. Uh, do you believe in heaven? I believe there's a heaven. Then you say, well, do you believe there's a hell? Oh, no, I don't believe in the hell. Well, wait a minute. Uh, if, if, there's no, if there's no hell, why do we need a heaven? Yeah, amen. If, the, if there's no devil, why do we need a God? It's a law of opposites. It is. It's a law of opposites. Just when you start bringing common sense into the biblical discussion, and then things start to fit together. You know, uh, God gave us a, a mind, a brain for a reason that we should use it. And when you take just reason and apply it to the Word of God, the Word of God's not complicated on right. this. Right. Jesus yeah. talked a lot about heaven, and he talked more about hell than any of the other prophets. You got a little specific there, uh, temperature and uh, uh, thirst. And so one of the, excuse me, one of the, one of the interesting uh, um, questions or, uh, and, and I answered this actually on a podcast, a previous podcast. Uh, the, the previous podcast is would a loving God send someone to hell. And, and the reality is God uh, gives all of us, opportunity yeah loving god sent his only son to give opportunity for everybody to have eternal life right right and and universal and, and so so now the question um uh how good do i have to be get to get to heaven you answered it and said perfect so then the next question I cheated though i read the scripture yeah. so <laughs> yeah. you cheater cheater gives you the semblance of intelligence you know when you read the scriptures <laughs> if you have access to omniscience take it man <laughs> Think it. 
Wait a minute. Now, just think about that. If you have access to omniscience. Yeah, that could be another podcast on that. Which omniscience is all knowing. It's like omni science or all knowledge. No, knowledge. And, um, and so that's an, dude, I love, okay. So just for a moment. Okay, that was a good statement. Oh, uh, shucks. Every now and then you hit one. Um, I, I will talk to people and I, I will ask this question. Um, if being good gets you to heaven, how good is good enough? And uh, by whose standard? And how do you know when you reach the finish line? So here we have this God who, who is a loving God, who is uh, an order, a God of order. No, God is not a God of chaos. Uh, God puts so much in the Bible because he says, I want you to know, I want you to know, uh, listen up, listen up, uh, here's some information. And now because you have that information, this is what I expect, or this is what you need to look for, which when we find a therefore, we will go back and find out what it's there for. <clears throat> so now that when we, when we say being good gets us to heaven, we have to now finish the rest of the questions. If good gets us to heaven, how good is good enough? And by whose standard? Because if you take a hundred people and you ask them what is good, you very well could get 50 different answers. Absolutely. We used to say teach his own, man. Right. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's, uh, you know, Sherry and I, we took the motorcycle out to South Dakota uh, last week. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of that, but I'll forgive you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, 4,600 miles in 10 days. It was a great ride. We're in, we're in South Dakota. We're eating at this Mexican restaurant called Chevy's phenomenal. Oh, it was so good. Well, we get, we go in, we eat, we come out as we're getting our gear on, we notice a sign up, uh, uh, uh the big billboard, electronic billboards that, that, that change. And one of the things that came up said, um, there's nothing wrong with having an abortion. Call us and we will help you. Do not, do not let people shame you into having uh, uh, because you have an abortion or want an abortion. And I thought to myself, um, okay, if you ask them, being good is murdering a baby. It's okay. If you ask me, I'm going to go, whoa, that's not good at all. Like that's yeah. evil. And so all of a sudden we just, there's an immediate divide. So when we ask certain people, uh, let's, let's look at behavior in, in, in society. Um, uh, Kamala Harris, she said, um, uh, rioting is good and I encourage it to continue. And, and whether we win or lose, we will encourage this to not stop. Well, well, if you ask the people that are losing their homes and their businesses and their buildings, they're going to go, whoa, this isn't good. But if you ask Kamala Harris, she's going to say, oh, no, rioting is very good. And we're going to say this evil and, and, and it's hurting people. And then they'll say, no, this is peaceful protesting. You can ask that question to a politician and get an answer. You can ask that question to a uh, <laughs> Uh, an attorney and get get an opinion but we this always brings us back to the bottom line how about let's ask the righteous judge we go before the judge yeah and that's the one that counts has that judge revealed to us the standard right uh how how good is good so so ex there you go you just said it if, if we're going to look at how good is or, or uh, how good is good enough and by whose standard um, there is but one truth, and then everything that goes against it. And it has been revealed. It has been revealed. In the scriptures, throughout history, and you have people, each generation, having to choose you this day whom you will serve. Right. Uh, choose, what, what do you believe? Do you believe the voice of men? Right. That, that changes as the sun comes up and goes down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or has there been a revelation? Has, my old hippie friend Roach, my favorite counsel ever wow man if god ever talks to you man listen That's to him it's like <laughs> has god spoken and right. if he has there you go right We're all set so 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 now we have a, a a standard which is god and and if we look at god's standard on how good good enough is how good is good enough he gave us the law 
the Ten Commandments, we break every one of those. Can't keep it. And then he gave, gave us uh, 2,700 laws in the Levitical law. A lot of that was the ceremonial law and how to do the sacrifices, what the priest should wear, when they should go in. Do. But uh, the, the moral uh, element of the law, hundreds and hundreds of instructions. And the Bible says if you shall keep the whole law, be guilty of one point, You've, you've broken. You've broken all of it. You've broken all of <laughs> in it. In other words, it's not. It's not because you you're guilty of breaking every law that there was in. But in other words, if you break one law, you're just as guilty as if you broke every law. Yeah, you're you're a lawbreaker. You're a lawbreaker. You're a sinner, and God is holy and cannot. He can't stand the presence of sin. And he wants us to, to be with him. That was his intention. And so we have a problem. We've fallen short of the glory of God, and it's our nature. We can get into that someday. We're, why do we do dumb things? Right? That's a great. Hold on a minute. Write that down. Why do we do dumb things? That's a, that's a, that's a great. That's actually a great podcast that we are going to look into doing soon. But it all ties together what? into that one thing. What? There's a Why are we so ju- stupid? <laughs> and we could. Some of us have a high standard of stupidity. We can right. go go big or go home. Yeah, you know? do, yeah, yeah. We can hold. We hold a good level sometimes. But we have this righteous judge. You know, the, the creator of the universe. He has the right to uh, by creation. He has the right by redemption. He has the right by science. He has the right. The, the righteous judge to lay the standard. And the standard's all good for us when we follow right. his standards. Right. It lifts us up. What puts us down is when we violate that standard and we grovel into sin and it right. destroys us. It destroys our relationships. It destroys our families. So the righteous judge is not an evil judge. He's a good judge. Right, right. Well, that is, it kind of goes along with what we were talking about last week. Um, well, I think it was last week. And... Uh, um, no, no. When we when we did the podcast on uh, are there two gods mm-hmm. in the Bible, and and if you look at a father or a mother, and uh, they want what's best for their child, and so they teach them, hey, this is this is what's going to this is what's best for you, and then the child's like, I don't like that. Uh, I want to do what I want to do. Is is not the parents' fault at that point. Um, it now falls on the child who wants to be disobedient. And then now, but, but also the, the freedom to break every law, they have the freedom to do that. Uh, they're not free of the consequences though. Yeah. When they, they break their parents' heart, they still, they still suffer the consequence for it. And the parents weep, but they've made their choice and they make their bed. They're going to have to sleep in it. Okay. So, so, so then here's the question. If we have to be perfect, there are some passages that can get, that can appear to be difficult. For example, James says, um, if you want to see what I believe, um, show you by my my works. works. So, so, uh, as a matter of fact, I think it is, uh, James, uh, um, chapter two, verse 24, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Martin Luther got so freaked out about that. He kind of questioned James, uh, uh, authenticity. Is it really canonical? He was just easier to ignore that, but you know, coming out of the Catholic system that he had been a part of all of his life, it was, you know, he just knew salvation is by grace. It's the right. gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. When we ran into this passage, he struggled with it. But I don't think it's really complicated at all. Well, well, James 2.14 actually says it. it. Yeah, it says, lays out the answer before it goes down and, 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 and lays out the question. And James says, what does it profit, my brethren, uh, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And, and, uh, and so he's like, listen, if, if you're genuinely saved, born again, John chapter three, if you're genuinely saved, James says, everything you do, that's your works will exemplify your faith, which is your belief in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'll show you my faith. I'll show you my faith by my works. What I do. And, you know, you get into Christ coming into our heart to take the place of what we are, to trade his love for our lust, his plenty for our poverty, his wisdom for our foolishness. 
and we have that transformation, as you said, where, as Jesus said, you're born again, you're quickened, you're made alive by the Holy Spirit. And that very nature of God's holiness, uh, his goodness, begins to take hold of our lives. And he begins to, his nature begins to take over us. And we start being different. And our violence goes away and uh, our, our foolishness this starts to go away still in battling inside but greater is he that is in us than right. he that is in the world and that that voice of the world you know i'm going to get high you know i'm going to i'm going to sell drugs i'm going to have a pocket full of money and then jesus comes in it's like whole another changes everything and it's beautiful and it, you, that sense of freedom i have never gotten over that it's been 48 years and Amen. i just feel free in christ not free to sin free from sin where it's not bond my bondage anymore he gives he sets us free uh, from the bondage of sin and we can say yes to righteousness but i'm, I'm kind of veering kind of the results of yeah. salvation well, i think we want to kind of go back to the roots of it this this battle yeah um romans uh romans chapter 3 verse 28 therefore we conclude which we're not concluding yet <laughs> Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the law of deeds or from the deeds of the law. And so, so we see here, we also see in Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, he goes on, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So everywhere that we see and at every turn, um, uh, we're seeing that is is faith alone. One, one of my favorite passages, and by the way, it's faith in Christ. Romans ten nine and ten uh, talks about clear salvation. Right? If I shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And, and and but and that was but that's the clarity of it, right? That that you believe in your heart. It's a, it's a heart thing. I, I use a puppy illustration. Um, you know, if, if, if I have a puppy and you see my puppy, you're like, oh, you got a, oh, what a sweet puppy, blah, blah, blah. And then you go home and you're like, oh, that was a nice puppy. Okay. But when that puppy is your puppy, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, this is my puppy. There's a, a, a personal connection. And, and that's what it is in Romans 10, 9, and 10, when you believe in your heart, it now becomes personal, it's real, it's for you. Um, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, I think is like, if there's one verse that clarifies everything uh, on this, it would be Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. boast. Because what happens is when we when we do something we're like, there's one I did. <laughs> there's one huge word you use a theo theological term, justified, and uh, I've heard it years ago put this way: justified means just as if you we never, never sinned. sinned. Holy cow! And there's a reason for that, you know. Right. That this, that this, Satan's greatest lie is salvation is by works. That's, that's what I believed, and I wasn't doing so good, you know. So if salvation uh, was by works, uh, it was going to take me about ninety years to catch up for eighth grade. Well, that, well that's a rough year, right? You know? <laughs> Discovered marijuana, you know. <laughs> Holy well, cow! And, and not only that, but here's the thing: um, uh, if you, if it's by, if if it's by works, and then all of a sudden you have a bad year. <laughs> Do you start at ground zero again? Yeah. I remember the girl that explained the gospel to me. I was sitting in a little park. I'm 18 years old, and, you know, the law is trying to arrest me, and my shop teacher's inviting me out to, to occult meetings, and I didn't even know what the occult was, to be honest with you. And my parents are battling, and there's domestic violence in our home. And I was just a mess. I just needed I needed help. And, and I, you know, I thought I just... I went to Sunday school for a few weeks when I was a kid, you right, know, and right. I'm going to be a good boy, but <laughs> I wasn't a good boy. I was a mess. And, and she trying to explain this to me, you know, salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then I had my moment, I had the breakthrough, the lights came on. She said, if you could be saved by being good enough, 
doing your list of works. So there's a lot of different lists. My grandma's Jehovah's Witness. They had their list. And neighbors were Mormons. They had a different list. There's yeah. all these different religious so lists. So by whose standard? And I, I, was, I, I messed up on all the lists. It didn't matter what they were. <laughs> guilty, guilty, guilty. And, and here's where the lights came on for me is, ooh, thank you, Jesus. The lights came on. It's like, if, Jesus, if you could be saved by being good, why did Jesus have to die? Whoa. It's like, and then, then that little phrase, I could say those words, Jesus died for me. I said those words, but I didn't get them. Right. And that night, it was a Thursday night, June 15th, 1972, sitting in that little park. I wasn't high that night. I was trying to be naturally high. Right. You know, <laughs> talk about God tonight, you know, man. And we're, and, and, and I, and I listened and that's when I had that, that awakening. Uh, I think that in theology is called illumination. Mm-hmm. It, it's just those simple words. Christ died for my sins. That's overwhelming, man. Well, it, to, to get, to put it in perspective, uh, let's just say that, uh, you are now on trial for everything you've ever taken every lie you've ever told, every lust you've ever had, um, every, I mean, every sin and every wrong that you've ever done in your life, right? Roll it out. Handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Okay. So now you go before the judge who knows you're guilty. You know, you're guilty. Like we know in our heart of hearts, it's like, oh my goodness, man, are we going to, can I get away with this? I mean, we like, we're a little, little antsy and you go before the judge and the judge spends two hours reading the gist (laughs) of what you did wrong. And he got it all right. You know it, you know it. And then he sits there and he says, Duke, you were guilty as charged as charged. And you hang your head and say, yes, sir, I am guilty. And the judge says, Duke, I'm going to serve your sentence for you. You are now innocent. I'll pay the price. I will pay every fine that you have. I will serve the time in jail that each one of these brings. You're free to go. We say in the jail ministry, we do the crime and Jesus did the time. Amen. That's called a substitutionary death. Isn't it amazing as we just flesh this out, talk about it in real talk as sinners are struggling to find our way, getting bits and pieces of biblical information, trying to connect the dots. And then the spirit of God connects those dots for us. And it comes so simple. Right. And yet we're talking about deep theology here. We're talking right. about the the drawing, the wooing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draws him. Just you tuning in these podcasts. Is, is God drawing. God. Exactly. He's yeah. just using us as tools to throw gasoline on your sparks. Yeah. yeah. Anytime, listen, listen, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so the very fact that you are hearing this podcast uh, says that God loves you and God wants you to know that he sent his son to die for you. Amen. And this, this literally is the wooing, the drawing of God via the Holy Spirit. And so it is it's our goal, uh, obviously, that every human being gets saved. <clears throat> but that's God's goal. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. From Absolutely. Three. And so then... You keep dragging the Bible into this, John. I'm trying to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> you always do that. And so... so we go, okay, let's, let's, here, here's truth. Um, and so here's, here's to go back what you said uh, that your friend shared with you is, uh, and that you, or you thought in your head, um, if I could get to heaven on my own, why did Jesus have to die? Well, the reality is you, once you break the law, you can't unbreak the law. You're guilty. Now, you can be forgiven but you can only be forgiven by the judge. Well, who's the judge? God. And God says, there's only, listen, this is your only way out. It's through my son, Jesus. And people will say, 
I don't want Jesus. I'll take my chances. Yeah, people get angry that Jesus is the way. I'm like, dude, all you need is a way. God provided a way. You don't need ten ways. You just need one. Take it. Enjoy. Right. You know? <laughs> Go to heaven. <laughs> dude, what are you getting upset for? You got a, you got a rope. He's talking to you. He gave us his son. He died. He rose again. He, he's knocking on the door of your heart. Jump in, man. Just go to heaven. Right. Well, so so here's I'm gonna point I want to point this out that um Jesus is the only way, and we tell people Jesus is the only way. If if you mention Allah, nobody gets upset. If you mention Buddha, nobody gets upset. If you mention uh, Hindu God, who's the Hindu Confucius, God? Uh, there's Hindu uh, God is no. just. Uh, it's just a, a system. Like, there's no, no more, God, right? I eat more Indian food than I have Indian theology. So. I love. Listen, I love goat. <laughs> we might have some soon, right? And uh, and so About a block away. <laughs> and so so, but but my point is like you you mention all these gods, Muhammad, Allah, all these. Nobody gets worked up. You say Jesus, and oh, and here's the other thing: nobody uses any of these other gods name in vain that's interesting isn't it but they use jesus name in vain and there's no commandment against using their names in vain but they use the name of jesus yeah and 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 uh here's the other thing we, we can talk about any other religion and any other little g god and it's okay it's acceptable in school all is acceptable in school as a matter of fact we have, they we put, have to be open-minded they put prayer rooms in. correct yeah but so here's my question if Jesus isn't real and he isn't the only way to heaven and there isn't a real devil that hates God and hates us because he doesn't, well, he doesn't hate us. We, he just doesn't want us to, um, uh, to receive Christ as our savior, or to have faith in Jesus because then God gets the glory. That's what Satan hates. Yeah. He doesn't want, he doesn't want God getting any glory because Satan wants the glory, right? Uh, he, you could, you could call him a glory hog. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, I will ascend to the throne of the most high. I will be as God. That, that's a glory. Hog. That's a glory. Yeah. Sure and is. so, so, uh, but Jesus is the only name tossed out of schools. The only name that people get mad or angry about when you speak it, the only name that is not allowed, prayer, listen, prayer to Allah is completely acceptable, but prayer to Jesus is completely unacceptable. I know when I've been asked to pray in public, I just say I'd be glad to come, and then they always want me to pray generically, but I can't do that. Can't do it. Because I, I, I would be defying my, denying my faith. Right, right. Whatever we ask in his name then he will hear us. So uh, I've been politically incorrect and just prayed in Jesus' name anyway, and they'll have to get over it. Yeah, or, or not invite you back. Yeah. But but and how about this? Being invited or asked to do a wedding, uh, but don't bring the Bible in on it. Yeah, no don't, can do. No, no God. Uh, I had someone call me one time. <clears throat> it was actually a family member of mine. And they called me up and they're like, uh, uh, Johnny, my family calls me Johnny. Uh, Johnny, can I, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, here's the thing, though. Uh, leave the Bible out of it. <laughs> and, and I go, I, I said, uh, now, wait a minute. You, <laughs> you understand I am a pastor. <laughs> and you understand that my life revolves around the Bible, not only to read it, but to live it. And if you want my thoughts on this, my thoughts line up with the Bible. And so yeah, I'll practice my faith with you, but I won't deny my faith for you. Exactly. And so uh, they asked a question and I said, okay, here's my answer. And I just won't tell you it comes from the Bible. <laughs> and then I said, but God says. <laughs> Throughout the King James English, just quote the scripture. They'll never know the difference. They'll never know the difference. And so, Say, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Right? You so, are so clever. How do you think of all these deep things? <laughs> well, and that, that's actually been said before. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but, but the, the reality is we say that you can't work your way to heaven. And that Jesus is the only way, that God's the ultimate judge, so he sets the standard of morality. Um, because if we ask man, what, listen, what do we love more than to search for someone that agrees with our position? <laughs> uh, well, that, that simply means that it, 
we don't like the truth. And so we'll find someone that will defend our lie yeah. and support it. And, and so if we're talking about uh, being good, doing good, good works, uh, the reality is even if you are perfect from this day forward, you still got to pay for the sins of the past. Not, maybe not to man, but to God, you, you, we have retribution and God's going to hold us accountable for what we've done. And you can say, well, I've been perfect from this day on. Great. But there's still a price to pay for damage still done. The damage done. Yeah. And I'd like to take off on a, something you just said just a moment ago about the name of Jesus. You know, we could use any other um, name in the schools, but that name is kind of banned. And there's a reason for that because we have our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And the topic is how, how good is, is good enough? Uh, what, how many good works would it take to make it? You see, that's Satan's greatest lie. And the greatest lies are the easiest to believe. And that is then the tool, uh, you know, religion comes in to be the answer. Uh, you have to be good. And yeah, I want to be good. Little Dookie wanted to be a good boy, just was not a good boy. <laughs> he got in trouble. <laughs> he, was, he was unable to be good. <laughs> wanted to be. And, uh, and as you grow up and you mature and you find out the things I want to do, I don't do. Right. Things I don't want to do, I, I, do. I do. Something's wrong with me. Paul, Romans chapter 7. Yeah, you're struggling. You know, and I tried church and church didn't work you know i tried all the you know the hippie transcendental meditation all the eastern mystical stuff that didn't work hypnosis that didn't work it, it it's real but it didn't fill the hole in my heart and uh, so you, you try and you fail you try and you fail and then you encounter the the name of jesus and you encounter a cross you know uh the death burial resurrection of, of a jewish carpenter who never traveled a hundred miles from home, who never held a public office, who never commanded an army, an army, who never taught in a university, who, uh, who yet, died naked between two thieves and they gambled over his garment. And, uh, and yet changed the world. And we measure our time from that guy. And that guy's the one that changed you, Johnny. It's the guy that changed me. And, and think about that. I call him Johnny too. Yeah. Think about that. We, uh, I said family. Okay. <laughs> Family calls me John. I'm the ugly brother. <laughs> I'm glad you recognize that. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> so so we love each other. We don't know why, but uh, we do. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, so the 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 interesting thing is, is that he changed the world, and you said time is set by him. And if you notice, they're trying to change the time. Yeah, from, from uh, A.D. to uh, C.E., Common Era. Yeah. Um, uh, well, they're even, well, they're actually, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's some. A.D. is Anandamini, the Latin term for right. the year of our Lord Jesus. Right. So it was time. It was literally measured from Jesus prior and from Jesus since. And that's pretty powerful. There were There were pharaohs that sort of ruled the world, but. They didn't change time. There right. were, you know, Napoleon uh, uh, kind of conquered the world, uh, or not Napoleon, uh, Alexander the Great kind of conquered the, his world, and yet he didn't never changed time. No, so, so the only free nation left that still has, as of now, the, the freedom to speak Christ, the freedom to teach and preach the Bible, uh, the only nation, the only free nation left Still standing behind Israel, still sending out missionaries all over the world. And then we have those trying to change the time, also trying to change our free nation into being a communist or socialist society. Bring us into the globalist new world order. And one, so, one nation, I said it earlier, one nation holding it back and kind of one person holding it mm -hmm. back. So uh, pray for our president. So, so what happens... Uh, what what happens it, once we change the dating of using Jesus and we change, uh, uh, we no longer allow the freedom of, of Christianity. But you, there's freedom of religion, but there's not freedom of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so the, the big goal or the big push that we see is get rid of Christianity. 
So, so if we get rid of Christianity, then all of a sudden, and we're not allowed to preach the Bible, we're not allowed to, to talk about Jesus. Good which, luck. Right? <laughs> all of a sudden, there's no free country left in the world. Nobody hears the gospel. Nobody gives God glory. Satan wins. That has been his goal, and uh, God told us, to get into the prophetic picture now, God told us that he will allow in the last days uh, Satan to, for just for a season, for a season to kind of accomplish his goal uh, to sit on the throne of the temp- in the temple in Jerusalem and claim to be God, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And boy, that... That's getting near. It's it's really encroached. Well, you, you know, think about, and, I, and I'm not trying to change the subject, but uh, uh, think about this. Uh, Jesus says that you can look up in the sky and see when a storm is coming, and then he says, you, likewise, you can look around and see when the the return of Christ is coming, okay? And so if, if we look, just look at a few things, and we brought this up the last time, but I, I think it's worth repeating. So I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, there's a few things that he mentions that we will see in the end days. Now, that being said, it's not the end days like the world comes to an end, because even if Jesus returns uh, or the rapture happens now, we have the seven-year tribulation period, we have the thousand-year reign of Christ, and then we have Satan released for a short season. So let's just say his short season is 10 years, just so we have for numbers sake. So we have, if, if Jesus returned to or, or raptured us out today, we would have uh, a thousand year, uh, uh, the seven years and a thousand years. So that's seven, a thousand, seven years. And then just say 10 years for Satan. I mean, that's, I'm just using a number. Uh, that's another 10. So now it's a thousand, 17 years before the end of the world period, and a new heaven. And there's a new heaven. A new earth. So when we talk about the end, we're not talking about like, Total catastrophe, that's not going to happen. No. When Christ came the first time, it was the end of the Old Testament era. When it comes back, it's the end of the New Testament era. He sets up his kingdom. Of course, he wipes out the Antichrist and sets up his kingdom here. Like, kingdom come, thy glorious will. Oh, yeah. Done. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. So, let's, let's look at things that some things that he said could happen before the rapture. Like, right before the rapture. Uh, number one. Uh, he says that there will be pestilence, which Cha-ching. and and remember this is all global. Pestilence is disease, COVID nineteen. It's global. Glove of prophecy, end of reality. Okay. Next thing that we have uh, that would be uh, on the, the order would be um, lawlessness. Ching, turn on the news. It's global. And, and, and people were, people were rioting in other countries because we're rioting here. <laughs> they don't even of, know what they're doing. They're just rioting doing it. in uh, Germany and in England, around Trafalgar the world square, all over the world. Now over this COVID thing, they're thinking it's uh, more political now than I think the media is a greater virus than, than, uh, than uh, COVID right now. It's right? danger. So, so people so, are rebelling. So we have, we have disease, we have lawlessness, and then uh, we have um, crazy weather. Yeah. Behold the whirlwind of the Lord that falls upon the head of the, of the unjust. It says, consider this in the latter days, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 23. And then where there'll be earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes. We got, we got a train of hurricanes. Coming. Drought. Drought. That crazy storm that went through the Midwest. And I heard reports that... Iowa lost 43% of their corn and soybean crop. I think it's been downplayed to maybe 30%. But, but it's 43%. It's, it's a, or more, 10, 10 million acres of yeah, food yeah, gone, gone. Just in, in, in moments. It's so uh, wars and rumors of wars. Ching. Global. And then the, there's only one thing left that we haven't seen, but even MSNBC, the left-leaning, hard left-leaning, CNN, all them, said that we are looking at a famine in a biblical proportion. Yeah, isn't it amazing? They use the Bible when it comes to judgment. Right. <laughs> of apocalyptic yeah, yeah. Uh, proportions. We, we don't believe it, but it says it in the Bible. So, it was of the, so, so here we go. We have 
uh, um, we have disease, we ha- and pestilence uh, is disease. Then we have lawlessness, and we have uh, wars and rumors of wars, and we have uh, crazy weather. And now they're talking famine. Well, you know, in, in Africa, uh, mm-hmm. locust has wiped out all of Africa's food crops. Yeah, they're desperate. And they're they really moved, desperate. And, and the locusts moved, and they're heading into Europe uh, and all that. And China, also the floods of China, both on the east and west side, and massive amounts of food have been lost. So uh, famine is, I think, what, what you fear next. You know, it, war and uh, weather, all that takes away the, the food source. Right. And, 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 and so when we talk about famine, listen, listen the famine is going to be global. And so, so now we, we're looking, we literally are seeing everything that the Bible says, we are watching it uh, uh, unfold. And, and what is shocking to me is uh, when we talk about how to get to heaven, um, no, we need a savior. L- listen, okay, people say, well, I don't have to do anything but pay taxes and die. Well, that's a lie. All, you, all you're guaranteed is going to happen is you're going to die. That's guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Nobody's ever escaped death. Well, one rose. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, why is it that Jesus is not allowed to be taught, mentioned, proclaimed? And if we say Jesus is the only way to heaven, uh, Jesus says, is, is it what John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to heaven except through me. There's no good works because if we, if we could earn it ourselves, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. And, but also if we could earn it ourselves, pride would kick in, which is why we can't earn it ourselves. And you can't undo the sins you've already done. So you have to pay the price for those sins. And, and so with all the, with all the truth that the Bible, and we even talked about the science of the Bible and how it proved true and the history of the Bible, how it proves that the Bible true. Um, Prophecies uh, of the Bible. Yeah. With all of that and all the truth that, that points at the Bible and says it's true, why do we want to shut it off so that nobody hears it unless there really is a devil that doesn't want people saved? Yeah. Uh, Satan's been trying to silence the voice of God since Cain killed Abel. And uh, it's, we're living in that age where in our country where the First Amendment has, has never been under attack like it is now. Uh, the right of uh, free speech uh, on our social networks. Uh, if you don't take the, uh, the company <laughs> uh, order, I'm, I can't think of the right word, uh, the mandated order of the mainstream media, you're banned. Mm-hmm. You're banned from uh, Instagram, banned from Facebook. They have the police. Uh, YouTube. And on and on it goes. And so we have, uh, we've lost the fullness of the First Amendment already. Right. And that leads to the question, how, how far is that going to go? Well, and even even the Second Amendment now is disappearing. Um, and, and, and they go, we lose it all. Well, the Second Amendment, people don't realize, they're like, oh, we need more gun control laws. Um, I, I got into, uh, this has been a, a, a month, month and a half back, and, and someone uh, posted, a friend of mine posted this whole thing on, uh, we need more gun control laws, more gun control laws. And I, I went on and I said, hey, guys, uh, real question, what would it look like, uh, what would gun control laws look like to you? Like, like, what would that wow. look like? And so, you know, because I have a tendency to be very argumentative and de- I, can no. de- I can debate, right? So I wanted to approach this because I was really looking for uh, honest answers. And I, and I said, so what, what would this look like to you? So, so they started laying it all out. Well, then I started posting everything that they laid out and said, it's already a law. Mm. everything you asked for is already there. So, so then I posted, um, I posted facts from CNN of all places that talked about, uh, legal gun owners are responsible for less than 1% of crimes. As a matter of fact, legal gun owners are 
uh, are less likely to commit crimes than anyone else in society because of fear of having their right to carry or their right to own that gun taken away. You know, it's interesting. We think of uh, the issue of, of gun control to stop crime. And the facts show that it doesn't stop crime, it encourages crime. But, you know, you go back to our founders and the purpose of the Second Amendment wasn't just to uh, defend ourselves against criminals. The purpose of it was defend to defend ourselves against a crooked government. That's exactly right. And it's not questionable in the documents. It's clear. Right. It's very clear. Well, so here's my, my point uh, of sharing all that was, so we, we I lay out, all these facts because they say i just want facts and and i'm like hey perfect uh i'll give you all facts i lay out all facts and you know the response i got from all of my facts crickets <laughs> yep but i see on other posts that they're still screaming we need gun control we need gun control so i went on and i said hey guys i thought we were having a discussion on this and you wanted facts but what you find out is when we hear the truth, but it goes against our stand, we don't want truth. And, and that is the truth of Scripture with people, Jesus with people. Listen, people are like, oh, uh, you know, they, they don't want to know how to get to heaven until they're on their deathbed. Always comes back to the good versus evil, the battle. It's on every, every, every decision we make. You have a voice crying evil and a, a voice crying good, and we're, we're caught in, in the middle. I think of that gun control uh, issue. Uh, some of the arguments against gun control or you know, for gun control is, uh, well, the people with, the, with their guns will rise up in anarchy. And it's like, no, we're here to stop the anarchy. And it would stop really quick. And it kind of frightens me because you're seeing – pockets rise up now of people of, of good everyday good red-blooded american people who are gun owners who've just had they've been pushed they've been pushed they've been pushed i think they call themselves the uh uh the proud boys uh, group has risen up in in michigan and other groups are rising up and biker groups and veterans groups there, there are actually police officers because they're the mayor has tied the police officers hands there, so there are actually the police are calling out and reaching out to the hell's angels and the citizens of concern and the yeah to say hey can you help us and then they're Coming like to the def defense of the police and and they're like yeah you know what we're in what do you want us to do yeah. we'll do it yeah and they put their lives right, on the line right. to do it so this conflict is really coming to a culmination mm -hmm. in, in in our country as this election uh, year as the countdown to to uh, to the election so uh, well you know if if you go back and uh with pearl harbor after after the war with japan was over uh they asked the 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 uh sitting leader at that time um so so you attacked our fleets in pearl harbor why didn't you attack why didn't you come to our land why didn't you why didn't you why didn't you attack our land and they go uh because everybody in america every house in america has a gun and they know how to use it we wouldn't have had a chance yeah you, people don't even realize the reason that America has never been attacked on our own soil is because of the citizens and the guns that the citizens possess, the not because of the military. And the founders knew that. And uh, you have an armed uh, society. You have a safe society. You do. And it worked. It worked for a long, long time. But, you know, as, you, as a nation has gone farther and farther away from God, uh, the culture collapses. The family unit is, is so saddened. Right. You know, so when I was a little boy, uh, statistics had uh, four percent of white children were born into uh, outside of wedlock. Right. Only three percent of Black America was born out of wedlock. Yeah. And Do you the realize black the black were, Black families were families, dude? They, they stuck together families. like glue. I grew up in a mixed community, and I had a, a lot of black mamas that treated me like their own son, you know. And they'd beat your butt like they're <laughs> only when I needed it. Only when I needed it. And I'll tell you, it's just some of the sweetest families. Parents that, actually worked together back they then. Did. They were all against us. They were us all kids. against us. <laughs> Didn't matter what color of skin was, man. <laughs> It's the way it ought to be. That's why it's going to be in heaven, you know, Amen. red and yellow, black and white. We're just going to have a lot of fun. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I love the black culture. So oh my goodness! So, right, so gifted, and I love their humor and uh, 
Yeah. Just, well, <clears throat> so to get back to to uh, how good is good enough and can we work our way to heaven, the bottom line is no, it's by faith only. Uh, our works will show what we believe because we're going to live it out. Um, but the, the, the point is that, that Satan wants to deceive the world and, and, and we were using these other things as examples, uh, such as, uh, listen, gun control, you took away our guns, man. And, and even Australia said, do not surrender your guns. We did. And look at us now. This is just, I'm talking recent, like you can Google this, right? Uh, pull it up on YouTube. Um, and so, so for some reason, I mean, we know it's a spiritual battle, but but government says take away their guns. Well, then we can't protect ourselves. Uh, uh, take away uh, their freedom of speech. Well, that way we can't tell people what's really going on. Keep them in the dark. Uh, take away the Bible because if you take away the Bible, uh, the Bible seems to change people uh, for the good, and we don't want that. We we want to keep them in the dark. So you take away the Bible. Do not mention the name of Jesus, Jesus. because if you mention the name Jesus, that changes lives. And oh, Satan that's the game like changer. It. And that's that the, guy, right? So, so when we when we look at this, you, I just want you to look at, and I think that's what we we really our goal is, is we want you to see. The Bible doesn't say we're saved by works. The Bible says that we're saved by faith. It's through faith. Um, uh, James two fourteen uh, says. Um, what prophets, uh, the brethren of some says he has faith, but doesn't have works. Can faith save him? Yeah, it's all faith. Ephesians uh, uh, 2.10 simply says we're created to do works because of our faith. Uh, everything is faith. Ephesians 2.8.9, for by grace, you're, uh, the God's grace through faith, our faith in Jesus, we're saved. It's not our works. Uh, is God's goodness. Otherwise, we would boast about what we've done. And of course, pride is sinful. Um, and so if you look at the world, what you see is you see an attack on anything that would keep mankind lined up with Scripture. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against but we principalities. We wrestle against the spiritual enemy, but we're not ignorant of his devices and uh, when we have faith in Jesus, we hold up that shield of faith. We're able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. But, hey, we're all in this battle. Satan's greatest lie, salvation by works. Right. And we get into that thing, get on that treadmill, and that fails us. And, uh, you know, religion, I agree with that one statement in Karl Marx's book, religion is the opiate of the masses. It uh, is. Uh, Satan has deceived a few people through uh, transcendental meditation. He's deceived some people through this. He's deceived people through that. But he's deceived the masses through religion. I was part of a Protestant religion that taught me that, you know, Dookie Herget, a, a man dressed up like a lady, sprinkled me with water and gave me a little certificate. Dookie Herget's going to heaven. He's a Christian because we signed his document because we sprinkled him with water. I was lost as a goose. My wife was raised Catholic. And, and by had, the way, baptism is considered works. Yeah, yeah. And my wife was Anything raised, you do is considered works. She was, my wife was raised Catholic and it was just a little bit, they couldn't, the meet on Friday thing was a little bit, they had a few extra rules than the Protestants had. And we all thought, we thought the same thing, that if we're good enough, we make it. But we realized as we were young adults that we, we weren't good enough. Right. We were, that law that we're trying to keep, but didn't, had condemned us and we came up short. What we needed was a savior. What we needed was a cross. We need somebody to, pay for our sins for us so we wouldn't have to and then the name of jesus the person of jesus the work of jesus the death of jesus that was my death it was our death johnny the burial of jesus and praise god the all the life the, the gift, resurrection, the resurrection. Oh. of jesus it's a gift salvation is the gift of god not the works that we do and we, as a child, we humble ourselves before this great God and say, I'm sorry, yeah. please forgive me. So simple. And, 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 and you know, to show how corrupt man is, we are quick to, to condemn people that are committing the same sins we are that nobody knows about. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're a mess. We, just we are a Jesus. mess. We just need Jesus. We need Jesus. 
and that's why it came. Yeah, and so so Romans ten nine and ten, uh, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and that righteousness is God, Jesus. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. salvation. And so literally, what it's saying is, you, in order to be saved, you have to believe that Jesus Christ. Uh, 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 was was killed on the cross, died on the cross for your sins, conquered death and hell, rose from the grave. He's at the right hand of the Father. And then, here's the key. With your mouth, you confess it. Because Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before before my my Father. Father. And so the, the confession is that life, that living it out. Uh, confession is us. Yeah, man. You know what? I'm born again. I'm a new creature. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Behold, all things become new. I'll show you my faith. I'll show by you my works by my works. The good works is simply revealing Amen. our heart. That's, 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 that's all it is. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so don't get caught up in, 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 and the reason we brought in all this other stuff is because we want you to see that there is a fight to stop you from hearing the good news, to stop you from hearing that Jesus died for your sins, just to, to derail you, to uh, uh, overcomplicate it, compli- that yeah. derail, to get you off track, get you focused somewhere else. Yeah. The real deal is the Holy Spirit comes upon us, convicts us of sin of righteousness and judgment, draws us to Jesus, knocks on the door of our heart, and all we have to do is surrender. Open the door. Open the door. Surrender. Call on his name. And wow, you know, every time I, I, 48 years ago I did this, just like, I'm like right there again this morning. And I just remember, I didn't understand. And even though I didn't really fully understand, I did believe that Jesus came and he died, was rose again. And I just asked him, for save me so so dead when i when i was uh and then we're gonna wrap this up but but when i was um when i got saved so a lot, lot of circumstances and, and one day i'm going to do a podcast with my with my testimony on it in it but um uh i remember um i was invited to church and i'm like yeah i'll go at any rate uh i get up the ne- that morning and i'm laying in bed and I remember saying, I'm going to wear my best. I'm going to ask Jesus to be my Savior today. If God gave me his best, I'm going to wear my best to church. I had one suit. It was a suit that I bought uh, that, to go to my father's funeral. And, uh, and I got up, and I put the suit on, and I go to church, and the invitation comes. Right? <clears throat> now, um, I guess I was an intense guy. No, <laughs> like I was, and, and, and I wasn't as refined as I am today. <laughs> and so you can imagine like the, I can only imagine the intensity. And, uh, and so, uh, Jimmy Carroll, our, uh, our, our preacher preaches a message. He does an invitation. Jimmy Carroll standing down front. He, he was the co-pastor at the time uh, in the church that we were in. And, uh, and I remember the invitation came. Now, mind you, I'd already, I'd already given my life to Christ that morning in the bedroom. I just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm white knuckling the pew in front of me. I'm like, and, and the whole time, and this, God is my witness. This is what I'm doing. I'm like, John, you're a good person. There's nothing wrong with you. Like here, I, dude, if I can't even begin to tell you the, the sins in the my, the, the sin in my life. And I'm calling myself a good person. Yeah. And the battle inside, man. Was raging. I swear I could, I didn't, but I swear my heart was beating so fast, so hard that I thought my jacket was moving. (laughs) Right? So finally, what seemed like a five minute battle. Now, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you it was seconds. Like, like a second. (laughs) I slowed down. And I came out from around and almost sprinted up front. And I get to Jimmy Carroll, and I'm looking him dead in the eye. And Jimmy, he said, because apparently I have crazy eyes, right? And so uh, I look him dead in the eye, and he goes, what do you want? 
my money? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. You called me forward. <laughs> and then he goes, do you want to get saved? I said, yeah, that's it. I said, if that'll slow my heart down, that's what I oh, want. Oh, boy. And he hands me off to Al Hedges, who I have mentioned before. Love Al, man. Oh, what I, he's got that precious spot in my heart for Forever. life. And he takes me back and he leads me to Jesus. My guy was Ira Merce. And all of a sudden, I go home, and I have a house full of sin, active sin. My wife and I are separated at the time. So did, do I sense a toilet's going to open up here? Something's going to go down the toilet bowl? So I had, uh, my wife and I were separated. We weren't divorced. We were just separated. So I had a female living with me and, and this was the arrangement. I had a two bedroom place. That's your bedroom. This is my bedroom, but we had the agreement that, uh, company was okay on any level. Right. And then, uh, of course, then I had all the drugs. I had all the porn tapes. I had all the, I mean, you name, dude, my house was littered yeah. with, with, so it was my bedroom with sin yep. and I go home and um, all of a sudden, I'm this new man. But I don't understand it all. But in my heart of hearts and in my brain, I, I'm trying to comprehend it. And so I looked at her, and she came to my bedroom when I got home, like immediately. And I looked at her, and I went, you got to get out. I never would have said that. And all of a sudden I'm going, you got to get out. And then I go through the house. Flush. Flush. Pour everything out. Throw, damage the tapes and throw them away. And like I'm, I'm trying now. And, and I'm telling you, man, when Jesus gets a hold of your heart, you Things change. Everything, everything. All things become new. The old is passed away. All things become new. Now that doesn't mean you're going to get a new body. What it means is you get a whole new sight to where you see things in their truest light, um, almost like a black light. You know what a black light is, right? Uh, yeah. And so. Um, I had a, a dear, sweet friend of mine. Um, she was uh, kidnapped and uh, beaten to death and then thrown over a bridge. Well, they, they painted the whole apartment and cleaned the carpet. And, and the only reason that they knew what guy it was to look at was because um, he took her to the ATM and made her withdraw money, and it had him in the camera. And so they immediately go to this guy's apartment, and it was this guy and his wife who kidnapped her. And, and uh, they look at the apartment, and it looks brand new. They take a black light in, and there was not one room, not, or not one wall, not one, not one in the whole apartment uh, that didn't have blood on it. But it, you couldn't see it. The naked eye couldn't see it. And so... This black light, though, Let it, up. it revealed it all. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit does within us. As soon as we genuinely, with all our heart, believe unto Jesus as our Savior, it literally, the Holy Spirit comes within us, lives inside of us, and becomes the black light. And all that, all that evil is spotlighted and with great joy. We get rid of it. We get rid of it. Yeah, I remember flushing that bag of dope down the toilet. My brothers cried. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Do Dookie, what are you doing? You're crazy. Right, right. Yeah, uh, seven years later, uh, my brother, no, sorry, it was like, uh, it was 17 years later, my brother came. And, and then, did the uh, same thing? And then three years later, so it was 20 years, my brother my other brother came. They had went through a lot of stuff, a lot of a lot of dope, a lot, oh, of, a lot of 
bad, bad stuff. But they've landed on faith. They've got good lives now. They're saved, semi in their right minds, defeated yeah. Jesus. And uh, our whole family has been redeemed. We Amen. All came. I was the first. Amen. Man, it's great to hang out with you, Johnny. Amen, I right? your story. Uh, God is so good. And, uh, man, I, I, um, I got to... <laughs> When you think about how good he really is. He's going to start crying here in a minute. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Um, uh, let, let me encourage you. Uh, as we did in the last podcast when we talked about uh, does science prove the Bible true? Does history prove the Bible true? Um, look, at, look at what we've talked about. I mean, genuinely just sit down and look at it. And, 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 and even if you're a doubter, just say, okay, God. You know my struggle here. I'm really questioning and doubting. Uh, God, open my mind, uh, my my eyes, uh, clear my mind, and help me to see truth. I'm, I'm telling you, God will do it if you're genuine in your asking. Amen. And when that happens, you will find out that you can't be good enough uh, because in order to get to heaven, you have to be perfect, and you're not. And, and even if you're perfect from this day forward, you weren't perfect, so you're not perfect prior to. Uh, good works won't get you there. Uh, only a, a loving uh, Jesus, because we have a loving Father in heaven who sent his son to die for you and me, that if you believe in him, call on him. Uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get to heaven except through me. Call on Jesus, surrender your life to him, and I promise you uh, the lights will come on and you will see life like you've never seen it before. And it is good. Amen, amen, amen. It is good. Well, thank you for joining us on According to John. I am your host, John Westfall, my guest, Pastor Duke. I hope you learned something. I hope this helped you out. I hope that you like, subscribe, follow, share this podcast if you know someone that could use it. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Love you, brother.